Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hello, hello. I don't know what to do with that stuff sometimes, you know? (laughs) I'm just thankful that Jesus comes out when I stand up. And when I sit down, <laughs> and when I lay down, phew, all right. Hey, come on, this is, we get to do church together. You know why we started a church? So we could do this with our friends. Come on, you guys can have church any day of the week you want. We just get to do this on Sunday because it just works for everybody's schedule, Right? So, um, if you guys want to start on Tuesdays, let me know. We'll see if everybody else is available, and we'll see see if your house fits everybody. But, um, wow, this is a big week. (laughs) This is a big week. If you know me, you know that I'm really in love with people. And it's, it's easy for me to engage my optimistic side and, and go rah, rah, God's in a good mood. He's doing great things in our nation. I don't care who gets elected. God's good. And we're going to see some incredible things because he is who he says he is. And we are who he says we are. Everybody just say this. It says, I am who he says I am. No less and no more. Come on. If he says, if he says, if he says he's in you to do great things, you're not allowed to argue with him. I love this quote that I'm, it's, I'm not allowed to have a thought about me in my head that God doesn't have about me. I'm not allowed to have a thought about myself that God doesn't have. So if you're having a hard time believing in you, Reconnect with the person that does because his opinion matters more than mine. And it sure matters a whole lot more than the media or anything else that's not speaking truth into you. Hallelujah. It's a good day, though. It's a, it's a, it's a tough week, though. It can be real. Like, it was a tough week for me. I see a lot of hurting people. It's a lot of hurting people in our country in the world, looking at our country. Whoo! You know, sometimes it feels like we've got to keep a smile on and we've got to keep happy or, uh, or, or people are, aren't going are to take their eyes off God. You know, it can feel true in the moment sometimes, but the reality is... You, God is, is fully, he's fully God, whether we're happy, whether we're sad. He calls us to, to, to rejoice with those who rejoice. I was too close or something. And, and mourn and weep with those who weep. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible. It's the shortest one. It says, Jesus wept. <laughs> God has feelings. He does. He is a, he, 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 
He longs for his people to be full of joy because in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. But he also recognizes when tragedy happens, when people are hurting, when they're in fear, when they're in despair, when they're in depression. And and, and God just radically loves us so much that he can't help but feel for us. He's an empathetic God. He sent his son to the earth to empathize with us a little. See, Jesus walked around as fully God and fully man, so he understands what's going on. And I see what's happening on my Facebook page on this and that. I even posted something that I thought was kind of funny, but it was a little insensitive. And my wife, bless her, she's like, honey, you should probably take that down. (laughs) And I did. um, Because... Eventually, um, because she's really smart. (laughs) Sometimes I don't see all the different sides. I see my side. How many of you guys know you see your side sometimes? There's a way that seems right to a man. And we, we we will operate under our understanding. I'll post a bunch of really happy stuff, and then I, I notice that there's a lot of hurting people out there. And I, it's hard for me to understand sometimes what I'm seeing because I have such this, I have this way that I see things, this lens. How many guys have a lens you've noticed? Right? Have you noticed that we have certain ways we see things? We see things through everything's hard. This is horrible. The, the world is going to trash. And other people are like, woohoo, like nothing could go wrong. This is going to be an awesome, like we're, and there's everything in between. And, I, and, I, and it's really good to kind of get other people's counsel in your hearts and in your lives that you trust and that, and that you really find valuable because you got to be able to see that there's people hurting around you or you might say something silly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, you might forget that your words are impactful. And so first and foremost, I, I, I want to acknowledge... And let me, let me take a sidestep here, not back up, but kind of from the side moment here. I recognize that I'm, I don't really want a political platform. It's not something I, I get excited about having. But I do recognize that the church needs to be a place where um, we can get stability, that we can, we can get recaged, we can hear. I just think the church should be a place that, that literally leaks out abundant life into the cities right? The church used to be the tallest building and everybody went to the, went to the church to, to, get, to get steadiness, to get stable. And I, and I believe somewhere in this, this is our job as leaders in the church to, to, to speak truth over something, to bring stability, to being understanding. But I don't want to divide by having some political agenda. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to bring reconciliation. And so every time I think about that, I think, well, it's got to be less about what's right and wrong and more about the source. And so I'm thinking, God, what do I share? How do I share from the front? And this is why it's kind of been a tough week for me, because I'm like, oh, Jesus, I've never done this before. (laughs) I've never had all my friends in one building and called it a church. And I've never led this before, but what I felt that the Lord kept bringing us back to is what's the source? What's the root of what we're called to be like? Because everybody has their own calling on their life. 
Some of you are actually called to be part of demonstrations. Martin Luther King was called to demonstrate for a justice, for righteousness, right? And the people that followed him, that was a good thing. So I'm not trying to say what's right and wrong out there, what you're supposed to do. But first and foremost, I want us to all realize and empathize that there's a lot of people out there that love people really well. There's people out there that are fighting for the rights of minorities, for, for blacks, for whites, for Latinos, for women, and they're, they're, they're passionately in love with these groups of people. So I want to make sure that we're sensitive, that we don't just, this is awesome, wow, my candidate won or didn't win, whatever, but to, to stand from a place of, of empathy, that there's people that are hurting, they're afraid, they're terrified. Have you guys noticed that yet? <laughs> There's a lot of terrified people out there. And you've got to believe. Can you understand the heart of God cares about these people? And I want the church to be the most loving place that people can find themselves in. And when they come into our walls, and when you come into their walls, I want them to look at us, and I want them to see people that that have the capacity to see them the way God sees them. I want them to look into your eyes and I want them to, I want you to look back at them and I want you to see what they're feeling. And I want you to just, just recognize, you know, the heart of great conflicts is just to say, Chris, I understand you must be hurt. I can understand this is what you're feeling. Because when you feel known, when your pain feels known, all of a sudden you feel like maybe I could open up to this person. Maybe I could listen to this person. Maybe I care what they have to say. But if they look into your eyes and they don't see compassion staring back at them, if they don't see like you could actually understand what I'm going through a little bit, they're just not going to want to know what you have to say. And then you can preach the gospel to them till you're blue in the face and you tell them about this God that loves more than anything out there and that wants to save their soul. And they're just like, yeah, but I just don't care what you have to say because I don't feel you actually can understand what I'm going through. Now, sympathy says, well, I understand what you're going through. Poor you. Good luck with that. But compassion says, I can totally see what's going on. Man, I see the hurt and the pain and all this difficult places. Wow. I can, and I can see how much you love people. I can see the passion you have over this issue. I can see you're, you're on fire to see people loved well. But can I tell you, it's not about that. Can I tell you, it's not really about that issue. It's not really about what, what you're being told. It's really about King Jesus. It's really about a love that covers over a multitude of sins. It's about a love that, that wants to, to bring peace, that wants to bring reconciliation in every part of our lives. And, and so that's kind of my message for, for this, for, to start out about what we've been going through. If you make it about every little issue, you're going to have a hard time finding hope. But if you recognize the issue and then say, but it's got to be about this. It's got to be about the God of hope. It's got to be about this lover 
It's got to be about reading 1 Corinthians over every situation. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, it's kind, it doesn't boast, it, it, it suffers long. If you're going to if you're going to stand up for people's rights, stand in a place of love that, that releases abundant life and doesn't tear down things. Or if you're going to tear something down, let's, let's take it to the, where the battle really is over powers and principalities, not flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting, um, we're not fighting what we're seeing. Our battle, let's take it to the root of this. Our battle is over fear. Our battle is against depression. Its battle is against loneliness. It's about, about being terrified. The battle is against the enemy. So be careful. Be careful, church. That when you get moved into passion, so there's a lot of passionate people in this room, when you get moved to post something on your Facebook page, check yourself. Is this sowing into unity? Is this, is, this, is this sowing into righteousness? Or is it, is it a little bit of self-righteousness? Is it, I want to be right? And just, just, just be aware, guys. I'm not saying move in the political spirit where we're always concerned about what people think about us and we're trying to win over the popular vote, but I want us to think about what does love do? You can be confronting. You can be offensive. But be offensive on the side of love. Be offensive with, with it when people look at your message and say, that, that offends me a little bit, but oh man, I can see the power of reconciliation. Does that make sense? I'm not being incredibly specific because I don't want to take issues. But I want us to... I want to see that in your hearts that as Christians, we're kind of all over the map. <laughs> and so I just, want to, I just want, to, I want to lay that out as kind of a precursor to today. And I just felt like I had to, I had to share that. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Can I pray real quick? I feel like I got to put a period on that somehow. Father, I... Father, we love you. And I I love what Chris said. He says that that it's about King Jesus. And you're on the throne. Father, would you lead us? Would you lead us, Father? Would you lead us through this season? Father, I declare that you are great. And that you are able to take us through every situation, every difficult place. Help us navigate our hearts and help us to lead others to navigate theirs. Yeah. Yeah, Father, I believe you're good. I have hope for our nation. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be a son. And I'm proud to be in the church. I'm proud of the church, Father. Because they're going to do really well. I just know it. And all God's people said, come on. Do you guys believe that? Come on. If you're having a hard time with that, I encourage you, seek it with God. Get alone with him. Don't let this thing go on. Find a friend. Sometimes difficult situations are hard to do alone. All right. Hey, we're going to get into, we're going to keep going along with John.
And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I just want to hit one piece of, uh, of John 4 because I don't want to take a whole lot of time. I think we already we covered some really good stuff already. Turn to John 4 if you have your Bibles or your phones or your apps. It's all good. How many of you guys here have never been to this church before? Raise your hand. I feel like I see a lot of new faces. Like, I've never seen you guys, so. <laughs> Come on, welcome, you guys. And if you just saw a hand raised, I'm going to encourage you to go talk to them. Find out what their name is. Tell them they look like Jesus. That's what I do. It's, it's true. Jesus put, God put Jesus in you so that he could keep saying that. Michael, you look like Jesus. <laughs> When I look at you, I see my son. Come on. All right, let's go. Um, I'll just read, uh, we'll just start with four. Verse one, therefore, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went away into Galilee and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar and, and near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting, thus by, was sitting thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Jesus being weary. Thank God that Jesus gets tired because I get tired. <laughs> it's good to know that it's okay to get tired. All right. I just thought that was interesting. Can I take a, a quick snapshot here? Some of us have never really studied the Bible before. Yeah. I've been made aware, I don't know if this is true, someone told me that millennials and people between the ages of, what, 18 to 35, whatever, don't read their Bibles very much, and they don't know how to read them. I don't know if that's you or not. Um, here's how um, I like to read the Bible, and actually, I, and I think this is, Chris showed me this a little bit too, and um, there's lots of ways to read your Word. When you're reading, if you're not getting a lot out of it, and you need a little bit of like, structure for that, Cool. Here's my suggestion, simple. Read through a, a, a chapter, read it once, just to read it. Don't think you gotta like dissect everything. Just read it once to get a feeling for what it's saying. Then take a pen or a pencil, read it through again and start underlining things that are interesting to you. And ask the Holy Spirit, hey, would you, would you point some things out that are kind of interesting? You don't have to know what they mean. You don't have to worry about. But well, that's it. Jesus was tired. I never saw that before. He was weary. Well, that's interesting to me, so I underlined it. And so as you go through this, underline certain things. And then go back through and ask questions. Hey, so Jesus, wearied from his journey, was sitting by the well. Oh, wow. I never thought he just gets tired and sits down never occurred to me that Jesus, God, why did you put that in there? Why did you say that Jesus, I don't know, this is so simple, guys, but like, what if it's not? What if God's actually like dropping some revelation that, that Jesus gets tired and you're just thinking, I need to be like Jesus and do everything? Wow. Maybe Jesus speaking to you through Jesus was weary for you to relax a bit and watch a Netflix episode. Maybe you have this performance thing on you and you underline it because the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you. Wow. That's a really good word. <laughs> All from Jesus was wearied. 
Come on, some of you guys don't think you read the Bible with much uh, revelation, but he's about to open this whole new thing to you. Thank you, Lord. All right. Hey, another great idea, um, and Chris does this, why I love it, is he opens up like Blue Letter Bible or some website. I like Blue Letter Bible. And if you can, you can open up John 4, and it lays it out verse by verse, and you can actually click on a button. I, I forget, you have to figure this out. Um, and it'll, it'll open up, you can actually click on a word, like wearied, and it'll tell you what the Greek name for that word is. And you can be like, oh, in Greek, the word actually means dot, 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 or it actually means being tired. Oh, or maybe it means something different. And God unlocks this whole revelation about this scripture to you. So if that's something that sounds exciting to you, that's a neat idea, you can do that too, Okay. All right, not complicated. Thank God the gospel's simple, and he doesn't make it complicated. All right, so verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritan." for Samaritans. I'm going to pause here. This whole Samaritan thing, the good Samaritan, you know, that's a common word, and the, the, the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. How many of you guys have, have never really done much research about the Samaritans? Raise your hand. You never really researched that. Cool. I didn't know much about them either, so I looked it up. It turns out that the Samaritans were part of a people group. Now, if you back up in the Bible, you had, you had people like Joseph. That was um, one of the uh, one, of the, one of the sons of Jacob, that's right, it actually said it as Jacob's well, or Jacob, Joseph's well, or Jacob's well, who's the father of Joseph. Joseph, and, and as part of the people group that, wasn't, um, that was captured by the Babylonians and a couple other different troops, tribes in there. And it was this captivity of all of the, all the Israelites that, that actually divided them into north and southern territories. On the northern, you had the Samaritans, on the, on the, on the, on the southern areas, you had, in the southern areas, you had the Israelites. And you had these two, and I might this a little bit wrong, but you had these two different areas. And in the northern tribe, the Samaritans started marrying um, people outside their tribes. And so they started basically inbreeding or, or breeding into other tribes, into other um, races and other um, uh, religious beliefs. And so there was all this kind of not pure Jesus or pure God stuff happening. They were, they were um, worshiping other gods and other idols and stuff. And so there was a lot of weird stuff happening in the northern tribes. Whereas in southern tribes, there was a remnant of the Israelites that held themselves pure and true to God. They didn't marry outside other tribes. They stayed, you know, stayed quote unquote pure. And so if you can imagine this playing out over, over, over the years, we had the Samaritans now where the Jews looked at the Samaritans as basically the lowest of the low because they took what was pure and they totally tainted the whole thing. And they, 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 they loved other gods and other things. And so they're kind of like this inbreded people that had zero value, right? And so if you can imagine the lowest of the low living not too far from this Jewish people, and people would actually, the Jews would actually hate the Samaritans so much that they wouldn't even travel through their cities. They would travel all the way around them. Remember, this isn't like the I-5. This is like walking. And they would actually walk around these whole cities, have to cross the Jordan in different places 
just to avoid this people group. That's amazing. Well, Jesus is making a point here, isn't he? And he's alone, isn't he? His disciples weren't even with him because they're off getting food. So Jesus is on a walk and he goes to Samaria, finds this well. That was a pretty significant well because it was Jacob's well declaring what God had done in this place. And he, and he sits down next to this well and he's tired. So I'll keep going. So then we have this Samaritan woman that finds him. So this isn't just a Samaritan, right? And I know a lot of you guys have been Christians for a while and you know all this stuff, but I get it. So, but we're just going to talk a little about it. This, this woman comes. She's not just a, a Samaritan woman. She's a woman. And back then, if you were here for Nicole's talk, she talked all about women back then were actually less educated than the male slaves. So they had zero value. Or not zero. It's not part of They have very little value. They didn't, nobody thought they were that special, that important. So they, they, they were given very menial jobs and they weren't spoken very highly. In fact, they weren't spoken to at all. Like a Jewish man wouldn't talk to a Samaritan woman. So there's some lines being crossed here, which is, which is interesting. So verse 10, Jesus answered her, because, well, let me back up. She says, uh, how is it that you being a Jew asked me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan and a woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. Jesus answered her, uh, said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked, so Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So what's he saying? He's kind of saying, "If if you knew who was asked, if you knew who I was, you would have asked him to give you a drink. And he would have given you living water. So she said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? She's just kind of being practical. You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us the well. Because remember, the Samaritans came from the family of Jacob. Okay? Same family but they kind of offshot a little bit. Uh, You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Well, Jesus answered and said to her, hey, listen, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a a well of water springing up to eternal life. Come on. So that, I'm going to back up here. No, I'm not going to back up. We got a little short of time, so I'm just going to jump to a little point here. Here's what I, here's what, when, I, when I read this, I felt it was what the Lord wanted us to share. Picture, picture Jesus walking up to a woman. Actually, let me keep reading because this is good. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, and I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. And he said to her, well, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you correctly said, I have no husband, for you have five husbands. You have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, oh my, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. 
and our fathers worship this mountain, and you people say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship with the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who he was called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. She literally says to him, well, when, when the Christ comes, sir, going to be good. When he comes, he will declare that all things to us. He will, he will lead us when he comes. And Jesus, which he does again and again, he says, I, I'm that one. Surprise. (laughs) Right? Think of this woman. She's sitting there like knowing I'm nothing. Like I, you shouldn't be talking to me. And this guy comes in and he speaks directly to her. That's, that's a faux pas. He can't do that. He shouldn't be doing that. But he speaks right to her. Listen, God knows all of our situations. He didn't deny where she was at. He empathized. Hey, I know where you are from. I know that you've had five husbands. And this one's not your husband either. I know who you are. But I'm unwilling to call you the way they've called you. I'm unwilling to treat you the way they treated you. See, he looks at us and he doesn't see our past. I'm sorry, I went back to the gospel. I'm sorry. See, he he looks at each one of us. He looks at every person on this continent in this world and he doesn't see what they did wrong. He doesn't see how many wives you've had, how many many, uh, husbands you've had, how many breakups, how many uh, relapses you've had. He doesn't look at how many abortions you've had. He looks at you and he says, listen, I am the Christ. I am the one that has eternal life. You know, it's funny, the Samaritans actually worshiped on this other mountain. I think it's the mountain that Abraham sacrificed uh, his son. And then the the Jews worshiped on a different mountain. So that's what she's saying. She says, well, I know you guys worship on this other mountain. See, God comes in and he sees us. And he, and he literally declares over you, who is anybody else to call you differently than when I call you? You know, it's funny. So then his disciples come back and they were amazed that he was even speaking with a woman. Yet no one wanted to say, <laughs> what do you seek or why do you speak with her? So the woman left the water pot and went to the city and said to the men, come See a man who told me all the things that I have done. Come, see a man who didn't call me the things that you call me. Come, meet this guy who called me by a new name, who looked at me and saw me differently. And he says, this is not the Christ, is it? See, he wasn't even sure. 
they went out of the city and were coming to him. I'm going to close with this. This is, this is so cool. So God comes to this woman. He gets a word of knowledge about her, right? She didn't tell him who she was. His father spoke to him and gave her, gave them, basically it was a miracle, right? Because we don't know this stuff without him. And he, and he basically told her about her life. And then he said, and he said, he says, but I am the Christ and there's good news. And then she says, oh my goodness, how did you know this is about me? How, why do you, how do you call me about somebody I'm not? How do you call me by who you see me as? She runs and tells the city. Remember who she is. She's a woman that doesn't actually carry any weight because she carried good news. She shared her testimony with the rest of the city. And then it says, uh, verse 39, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to this woman, it is no longer because of what you have, what you, what you said that we believe for what we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world. Listen, you're not disqualified. There's nobody out there disqualified. There's anybody we meet on the streets, anybody that's having a hard time, anybody that's, hurting and is terrified and is fearful from our situation that we're in right now, that our country is walking through this mess. Listen, it's, it, it's, it's no less bad than what's happening here. It's the same thing. People being marginalized, people being fearful, and they're waiting for somebody to walk up to them and tell them what God calls them. They're waiting for someone to say, I understand that you've had five, five husbands. <laughs> They're waiting for someone just to look into their eyes and sit down and say, I'm kind of, I'm human too. I'm tired. I'm tired of this, to be honest. <laughs> I'm tired of, the, of turning on the, the media and seeing, I'm, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of horrible things happening. And I see the pain you're going through, America, but that's not who you are. Amen. Listen, Listen, it's not about race. It's not about, it's not about the marginalized people. It's about King Jesus. Yeah. It's, about, it's about what he calls you. Everybody raise your hand. Just everybody in here, raise your hand. You're it. You're it. You're part of the ministry team. You're part of the plan. I just didn't want you to sit here listening. I think you, <laughs> you're part of the plan. And if you think that you don't know how to do the plan, it's not complicated. Look into their eyes and tell them what Jesus sees. Look into their eyes and say, I see Jesus in you. I see someone that's beautifully and wonderfully made. Who knows? They might leave now, Jesus didn't know what she was going to do, did he? She didn't say, I give my life to you and I'm going to, I'm going to follow you forever. No, she just left. Maybe because the disciples came and she felt the energy change. <laughs> <laughs> These guys don't feel as loving as you, sir. <laughs> so she took off. 
Yikes. <laughs> but what she did was amazing. She crossed all sorts of fears and boundaries and divides because someone had called out the identity in her. Do you think we could do that? Can we do that, guys? It's not about a church service. We can come here on a Sunday morning and get really hyped up and full of, full of uh, I, just, I just get so full. But when we leave here, can we just leak out Jesus over everybody? Come on. I want to finish with this last thing. I think I already said I'm going to finish twice now. I, I want to finish with this. If there's, any, if there's anybody in here that needs to know Jesus, if there's anybody in here that needs to come back to God, you've walked away from him because you've been hurt, because you've been frustrated, if you need Jesus in your life right now, Honestly, I just want you to raise your hand. If you, if you felt compelled by worship, by a feeling, by a, by a moment, if God spoke to you and, 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 and you just felt like, God, I gotta, I gotta get right with the Lord. I gotta come back to God. I wanna give my life to God today. Listen, Jesus said, if you, if you, if you confess me before a man, I'll confess before my Father. If there's anybody here that needs to give life to Jesus today, just raise your hand. I'm gonna wait a second. We do this every week because we really care about people meeting Christ. Yeah. That's just you. I just, I don't want to go another day with this unrest, with this depression destroying my life. Yeah. Come on, let me just pray for us right now. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, that you are good. Yeah, just put your hand on your heart. Just say, Jesus, teach me to see people the way you see them. Teach me to call out their identity as you see it. Teach me to love and not be afraid. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I, I believe in us, guys. Can we get the prayer team? Come on up. Come on up. Um, we're going we're gonna to close. Um, we've got the, the prayer team meeting after this. By the way, you guys know this, but you're on the prayer team already. Just not this uber special one. It's not that special. Uh, it's just one that we just feel that we know who's up here. But if you, if you feel like you want to pray for someone next to you, I encourage you to do it. And if you saw someone raise their hand, go get them. You don't... don't not everybody wants to be tackled and hugged like I do. Um, some people just go up to me and say, hey, how you doing? I see you're new. What's your name? How'd you find us? Let's go to lunch. <laughs> it's really easy. All right. Well, bless you guys. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. We see God do stuff incredible um, every week. Um, yeah, just, it's so good. Come on. All right. Well, bless you guys. We'll get the house music on. Um, yeah, amen. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.